This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 379. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. This episode is winging its way to you on Sunday, which means it's the final episode of this week. But by golly gosh, did we close out this week on a stormer. On this episode, I will be reviewing a brand new title. The movie is called Sleep. It is a German psychological horror movie that has been released at the start of this week via the Arrow Player. That's right, you can jump across there and sign up for 30 days free and check out this movie. So you'll be getting a review of that after a little segment before that because it is of course my privilege and pleasure on this episode to be welcoming the director and lead actress of said movie on here to discuss a little bit of what is going down in sleep. I will be doing the interview after the first break and trust me when I say these guys were absolutely awesome to chat to so yeah check it out after the first break and then stick around for that review. Now, it will be a non-spoiler review. I could already feel people out there starting to get a bit antsy. Duncan, if the movie's only just come out, we don't want it spoiled, and I will not spoil it for you. That ain't happening on this episode, so you can listen to the review. But suffice to say, and I don't want to give my cards away too soon in this recording, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think this movie's great. It's in my top 10 of the year, comfortably. Um, yeah, like it came out of nowhere for me. Hadn't heard anything about it, sat down and watched it. Uh, it's been compared to quite a few things. We'll get to that in the review, but I thoroughly recommend it. So subscribe to that Arrow Player free trial thing. I don't know how you call it. What do you call Subscribe to the free trial. Subscribe to the subscription and you get a free trial. That's probably what I'm trying to say, but can't get out my clumsy Scottish tongue. So yeah, and for those that don't do all that streaming shit and would much rather have a physical copy of the movie in their hands, it's getting released end of January next year. So January 2022 for sleep. Now, like I say, this is the end of the week podcasting for us and it has been a ton of fun. We've done a lot of good stuff and there's plenty to come. I have sat down and worked out essentially what will be the last, what we're about six and a bit weeks before we close up the doors for podcasts under the stairs for 2021 and there is tons of stuff coming your way in fact i was actually aghast by the sheer amount of episodes i have planned and it's about this time that i can do a little plug a little plug for episode well if we're going it can't be an episode can it the 1000th recording for podcasts under the stairs will land in your feeds monday the 29th of november 1,000 recorded episodes of podcasts under the stairs, which is just fucking nuts. I have no idea what I'm going to do for it. Most likely it'll be something 
like not befitting the number because that's how I roll generally. But yeah, that'll be coming your way end of the month. Um, and yeah, I've been planning out the rest of the, the year and the shows are great, including a little Russian roulette franchise retro, which will be hitting its weight for you looking at Children of the Corn. Can you believe there's 11 fucking movies in that franchise? I mean, let that sink in. I thought there was five. So yeah, turns out you have to double that and add one because maths is easy when you're me and the numbers are small. So there we go. Right, on the Teapots Collective, you will be getting the long-awaited and slightly delayed where to begin with will be dropping its weight to you within the next 24 hours of this episode dropping and then you'll be getting some Opera Omnia within a week of that and some Doing the Nasty within a week of that so yeah things picking up this month as well the month of November will be kicking back off with Chronicle which is making its return for its fourth season one that will be a bit more interactive and we'll have guest hosts on picking a European horror movie that they really want to discuss with me. Just keep your eyes peeled for that when that drops as well. Right, ladies and gents, we're going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love when I return. I'm sitting down with Michael and Grow, the director and lead actress of Sleep, which is available right now on the Arrow Player. That'll be coming right up right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right, we have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. And welcome back. So it is my privilege and pleasure at this time to welcome to the show Michael and Grow, the director and lead actress of a movie that's out right now on the Arrow Player by the name of Sleep. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Fine. How's it going? Thank you for having us. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so um, you're here to discuss your new project, which is out and available right now. So this movie is now on the Arrow Player, uh, which is available wherever you have access to the internet and via apps. It came out at the start of this week. It's also getting a physical release at the end of January, I believe, next year. Yeah. Um, for all those that are obsessed with physical media like myself, very excited about that. Um, and... I suppose the first thing I want to kind of ask is, as a debut movie, Michael, this is not what most horror filmmakers would go for. This is a very challenging, very ambitious, 
and very deep project. Did it always kind of set out that way to begin with, or was it something where you know the right script arrives, a good opportunity, uh, and things grow from there? Yeah, I, I, I don't know where it started, and uh, I don't know. So it, it was a very long journey. We took a crazy journey, and uh, I, I think we had uh, ten or four. 10, 10 versions of, of, of the script before okay. we had a, finally a, a shooting draft um, because it was it really was a journey and it started not as an horror film as mm -hmm. a horror film project it started just like a drama and and, and Thomas Friedrich uh, my co-writer and I we talked about yeah let's try the movie uh, we both studied at the Bauhaus University in Weimar together and then I I, I studied a film in, in Hamburg. And so we came together after my study in Hamburg. Let's 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 write a, a screenplay. And uh, when we started, we just talked about things that are confronting us. We wanted to talk about things that are confronting. And um, so we 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 jazzed around the topic of patriarchy, mm -hmm. and uh, because that's something we felt uh, very uncomfortable with seven years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. we, 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 we started with that. And then um, our producer, Verena Kreft, came from a, from, a, from a festival, I guess, in, from Sweden. And uh, she had seen Let the Right One In or something like that. Yeah. Which is my favorite yes. movie. And, <laughs> yeah. And the combination of drama and, and, and horror uh, um, made her to, to check out. Uh, yeah. Make out to to, say, to ask us simply ask us. Um, she asked us, uh, "Do you want to make a horror film? Because you are talk want, want to talk about confronting things, and horror is an offensive, uh, not escapist genre." Mm -hmm. And uh, turns out, uh, when you when we looked around, the, 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 it, it's a genre that it's deeply missed in the German cinema, and so we wanted to have the challenge and it was a long journey to finance that and so on it was not very easy and uh yeah but i don't know i don't know we, we were hooked by 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 a couple of things and so we couldn't let it go mm -hmm. and that's why we are here now yeah and um, grow from your perspective this is a like immensely challenging role very physical in the performance um did you know you were getting into that at the start or was it a case of I've read it on the page, I know what my character is going to do and now it's, you know, up to me to inject this level of physicality into the performance? Well, different from other projects, I, I got to spend a lot of time with the, that character because mm. I knew that I would be involved in the movie like years before oh, right. like we met and talked about the script i don't know i was still in acting school then and then we when we actually shot the movie i was already in theater like it was four or five years i felt mm -hmm. something like that so um normally you don't get to spend that much time with a character just in your head mm -hmm. and i read so many different versions of the script and i saw the script changing and developing and becoming becoming what it what it is now so um yeah i had a lot of time <laughs> to uh, to think about it and to actually like get close to to the character of Mona and 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 get in there, but I guess still on the day itself, you just try to to make it work in that moment. And normally, I, I'm, I'm I don't work out a lot. I'm not a sport freak, but for any reason, <laughs> when it's when it's work related or character related, I always love using my body. Mm -hmm. 
I'm exhausted afterwards because I don't have the condition to do it mm -hmm. <laughs> for any reason. It comes, it just comes out when I feel it's 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 necessary and it's needed. Yeah, Michael, from from what the the, the kind of the the review critics out there have been saying, they've been using. I mean, the the comparisons to filmmakers are lofty, which I love. Um, you know, things from from Bava to Lynch. Um, as examples going through, are these influences to you as a filmmaker just in general? Because, like Lynch is a as an interesting discussion point, and I get the I get the the comparison there very much with what you're saying. He's never really done an outright horror movie, but his movies always seem to kind of tap into like a really dark subject matter, and they always seem to have something really interesting to say without necessarily holding a neon sign up saying this is what the movie's about. Um, I, I mean, from your perspective, you said it kind of organically grew into from a drama into a horror project. Are those the sort of influences in your mind when you come to make a movie? Like, if I'm going to tackle this subject matter this way, I want to make it a bit more kind of esoteric, a bit more, not even necessarily non-linear, but something a bit more cerebral would be the word I would use. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a film about subconsciousness where mm -hmm. our dreams happen. Uh, are happening. So uh, we um, we allowed our subconsciousness to work uh, into the screenwriting, for instance. But my influences are much uh, more than uh, my, 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 my consciousness and my subconsciousness and the subconsciousness and the consciousness of my, my, my writer, uh, Thomas Friedrich, uh, are the result of our biography, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so yeah. It, and 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 it's always interesting to pick but we i know we know we have to pick something to make it more uh, um, touchable yes uh, where it's come from and um it's very biographically for instance and the cinematographic influences are yeah beside music is an influence paintings are an influence uh, theater is an influence the history of germany and the history of the town where i'm living weimar is a huge influence and uh and, and, and in in terms of uh, filmmakers there are i don't know soviet uh, fairy tale films yes uh, my, my my first my the, the first real horror film i ever watched was mario bava for uh, rent um, um, as an accident um, yeah. when I was 11 years old, and it was Operazione Paura, and it's a coincidence that it's such a great film. It was a great, such a great film was the first horror film I've seen yeah. as a kid, and uh, then came the serialists on top of that, and we have uh, Jean Cocteau, and then uh, um, uh, all the other stuff, and and um, I started to. Be in, as a, I, when I, I was interested in some kind of um, um, open-minded arts, mm -hmm. also in in, in terms of filmmaking, like like uh, the films of uh, Maya Deren, uh, which is an ex uh, experimental um, um, filmmaker mm -hmm. who, who who made uh, Measures of the Afternoon in, in the 40s, 1940s, which is a um, uh, uh, which is a creation of a dream language uh, mm -hmm. using film, and that brings me to to the um, uh, uh, thesis that film is very very close to dream as well. Yeah. So and so on. So I, I don't know where to start and where to end, but uh, um, those guys are 
of course, an influence, but not the only one. And yeah. Lynch, for instance, maybe he has a, a greater impact on on my my on, on Thomas, the writer. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but for me, it's the um, maybe it's that his kind of working because he's working uh, very openly, and yeah. he, he always gets in 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 if, if he has a topic or if. He, uh, the machine, the machine, the film machine running, he starts to be as an artist to be in resonance with everything yeah. that happens during the shooting. So to the um, so there's, for example, you have that uh, uh, scene in, in, in Twin Peaks where where Laura Palmer is in the um, uh, in, in the clinic. Or yeah, 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 in the red room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, and 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 there's that flickering lights. And this was that was an accident, or or, or, or the guy who's who's only once in the whole series, uh, in, in in the room. It, it was it was the sound engineer who was uh, accidentally in the picture. And yeah. And, so, and I like that, and uh, and and that's what we um, uh, made also when we had our main location where we sh uh, um, where we had our forty two sets set designs. Mm -hmm was on a, on a and 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 the the main location told us the story in a very uh, in, 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 a, in a way which we didn't expect that uh, which we didn't expect and so we we, re, we had a last rewrite on the on the main location in dialogue to the location and so we had a shooting draft after we have seen that that location and so on so it's kind of the method of working mm -hmm. if you if you take Lynch and uh, Mario Bava maybe is an influence also in how can you get uh, very effective solutions without having a budget? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to come on to this because the, the movie itself, I'd like having having finished it, like as part of any prep for for interviews, I I do a bit of, you know a bit of deep diving on the internet to see what I can find out. And I mean, we are talking not a lot of money uh, to make this movie, and it, it it kind of floored me at how much you managed to get out of so little um but genuinely i would have expected the the, the budget to be on a on a kind of higher level that you know so you, you've certainly tapped into that from from your perspective girl like you said you obviously spent like a long time embodying the character that you're performing how much research goes into that though in terms of you hear some actors and actresses will spend you know a lot of time actually researching you know people that are um if they're performing in, in a role that demands things to do with nightmares or dreams, they'll you know, do a bit of reading into that and the psychology of that. Is it a case of that you need to do research on that level or is it because you've spent so much time reading the different iterations of the script that naturally just becomes part of the character for you? Well, 50-50, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, we had enough time, Micha and I, to just have daily Zoom sessions, before it was cool to have Zoom sessions. <laughs> um, we, we made it big. <laughs> no, because I was, in, I was in Munich playing theater and um, Micha was in, in Weimar, but for a time uh, we just daily Zoomed and just went through the script again and again and again and talked about all the eventualities and um, how we would uh, approach each scene, just checking that we were on the same page. And I really like doing that. I really like to come close to to a situation. I'm sorry, they're doing construction work outside. Oh, it's no problem at all. 
um, I really like to to get closer to a character by 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 talking, like playing back and forth, like playing ping pong with someone else, mm-hmm. and kind of circling around the topic until you you find something that you know is, is true or just feels like yeah, that's it, that that's where it goes. And then we had um, had a show, very short time, but we had time with Sandra to rehearsal to get more into this mother daughter relationship thing, which is also I feel very. It's important for the scenes where you see the both of us together, but it's also important for the scenes where you see Mona act on her own because like mm-hmm. her mom and, and their relationship is is the whole motivation for who she is and what she does. Mm. So I love to read about stuff. I love to talk about it. I love to train, but I also love to be there on the day and be like, yeah, screw that. Like yeah. throw it all yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Just hope that month of preparation and talking about it somehow found its way into your subconscious. Mm-hmm. So then you can be actually surprised again because that's what happens in the movie as well like mona doesn't know what's what's coming at her she doesn't know what's mm-hmm. around the next corner so it's nice to get into a place as an actor where you where you force yourself to forget that you know what happens yep it's a movie as well that is um and horror benefits from this i think it gets sometimes gets a a, a, a bad reputation but you know powerful female roles in this movie essentially it's it's the it's the women at the end of the day that save the day, um, which which I, I I love that about the the genre, um, and you've got like essentially four iterations of very powerful females in in this movie, um, whether it's the you know the the without giving away too much details about the movie, um, the, the kind of Trudy character herself, um, but the the mother, uh, the the wife of Otto, and yourself. Um, like really, really interesting, fully realised characters, which which I, I really enjoyed. Otto though is a, a, like is is about as evil a character I've seen this year, um, and he hides that behind a, like a, a face of of kind of a, a very very pleasant, welcoming face. But the more time you spend with him. The more kind of reprehensible those you know those traits start to come out, just small bits at a time, obviously leading to it's a kind of dinner sequence where he's announcing his candidacy for uh, mayor, where you start to get leanings towards, as you mentioned before, things from the past. Um, how how difficult is it to do, Michael? Scenes like that, which obviously you were talking about, um, the idea of living with like almost living with the the legacy of things that have come before specifically in your country to kind of tackle subject matter like that in this format is that something which like not being german myself is that something that's fairly taboo to do as a filmmaker or is there any reservations about doing that or do, is it a case of no we just need to confront these things um no, no we got that in in our ether mm-hmm. can you say that yeah um, as and um, uh, speaking of Otto, so he has that that friendly and diplomatic mask mm-hmm. on, on his face, uh, um, but that's the face uh, the the neo-fascistic um, movement shows us. Yes, yeah. And and and, and um, we went to to um, yeah we made we, we've done a little research on that, and uh, uh, I've detected that um, I found out that um, everything or a lot of things they say could be meant as a joke yeah and 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 and, and uh, there's a saying uh if you are friendly you're gonna get more information and that's that that's 
So, yeah. um, and and that's and, and that's the um, the uh, the um, the thing at Otto. Um, and the other side, um, as I told, I, um, um, uh, we got friends uh, at the university in, in, in Weimar, Thomas Friedrich, the father and I. And uh, Weimar is a, is a very, very, very important little town in the middle, in the heart of, of Germany. There was, uh, I don't know, everyone was here. Luther, uh, Marlene Dietrich, Nietzsche uh, died here. Uh, uh, Goethe, Schiller, and so on. So the, the, the German classic, Richard Wagner, everyone, you name it, you name it, everyone was here and, and uh, left something in this town. And it's very, very beautiful. And all the beauty is um, stays in the shadow of Buchenwald, the concentration camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is a uh, and and that's a, a that that's a picture that that tells a lot yeah. about Germany. You can't have the beauty without the darkness. And, and and that's uh, that's the thing. But to talk about it or to talk about it in a horror film is kind. Uh, uh, to talk about it in, in the way of a horror film makes sense. Yes, in our yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of reviewers got that too. Um, uh, and um, yeah, in Germany we are talking a lot about it. Mm -hmm. But but we have that that um, that movements that want to end that discussion. Yeah, I think the thing as well is like what's so clever about the movie is the idea of even if you live with it in your subconscious, you confront things in your dreams. Yeah, we all sure. confront everything with our dreams. If something's been at the back of your mind during the mm -hmm. day, if you're apprehensive about something coming up the following day or happening that week, chances are that's going to work its way into your dreams um, mm -hmm. that night or maybe even a week down the road. I used to have a recurring dream. Um, of a movie that I had seen as a child, um, uh -huh. and I used to used to like every maybe once every two months. This you know specific scenes from this movie would would come into my right. head, and eventually it was released on on like a DVD, and I bought the DVD and watched the movie, and I've never had that dream since. And it's weird how my brain just obviously had fixated on a memory, and once I'd experienced that again. Mm -hmm. my mind no longer thought about it so i just kind of put it to bed so i i found it like incredibly fast all the dream stuff is is excellent and it's the perfect medium for it i suppose my last question uh for for, for both of you is, is what's next so like where, where do we go now you've got your horror movie out it's done incredibly well it's going to be like i say it's on the arrow channel right now which seems like the right place for it the, the arrow uh, player is you know, is full of really interesting, talented filmmakers, and it feels like it's a nice fit for that. But that physical release coming in January is, uh, is going to be good as well, so people can actually have it, you know, in their hands and and, and watch it to their hearts. Like, what's what's next? Are you staying within the genre? Are you moving genre adjacent? Uh, what what's for you next, Michael? Yeah, um, good that you ask because uh, I'm 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 doing a project with Koswantje. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, turns out she, she, um, she's not <laughs> a, a, a fantastic actress. She's also a fantastic writer, mm -hmm. and uh, we are we are writing on a on a. We we had to label it as an a fantasy action drama. Oh right. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> who, needs, who needs one genre when you have? Can, can you have, have them all? Have you can have them all. <laughs> How many genres do you need? All of them. <laughs> 
yeah and and, and that's um that's now in a, we got a production company for it and uh we are go, uh, yeah we are preparing the next steps phenomenal um so so is this the first project for yourself grow as a writer that's making its way into development um yeah it actually is um but like since we did schlaf Micha and i uh from the beginning agreed that like this is working between yeah. us yeah, yeah. That is, that's a good thing and then that we'd like to keep it going and that we that we like still so curious about each other like what what could come from from this collaboration and it's been a lot of fun and it's like it's a pleasure to write together with michael because i never feel like oh no you're doing this for the first time it's yeah. like very on eye level and it's been it's been a lot of fun and i'm actually very proud of where we are right now with the script and everything. I, I cannot wait to hear more information as and when it uh, it starts to work its way out. Um, all I can do is wish you all the success with this movie. I, I don't need to wish you that because I know you're going to get it. It's, um, it really, like I say, it really floored me. So much so I was talking to a friend earlier on and I was like, this, I, I might have just seen a movie that's just hit my top 10 horror movies of the year. Um, like comfortably. I think, I think it is an incredible bit of cinema. So I think you should feel immensely proud of the work you've done on it and for the listeners out there it's available on that arrow player you get 33 days if you sign up um so even if you want to cancel after that you'd be insane to do that but jump across sign yourself up for it get sleep watched and uh, yeah for the physical purchasers uh, january 26 2022 um all that support goes a long way uh, thank you very much for your time grow and uh, michael and i hope to speak to you somewhere down the road about uh fantasy action drama thrillers yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for having us <laughs> thank you thank you das ist der ort welcher ort aus meinen träumen was kann ich für sie tun sie haben steinbach zu dem gemacht was es heute ist befindet sich in einem Stupor. Meistens wird dieser Zustand durch ein Trauma ausgelöst. Einige der möglichen Auslöser können vererbbar sein. Kennst du das, wenn du aufwachst und der Traum ist noch da? Und bist aus dem Traum rausgekommen? Und wenn du es merkst, aber trotzdem nicht aufwachen kannst? Welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for Sleep. This movie is available currently on the Arrow Player. So to do that, all you need to do is jump across to www.arrow-player.com. 
could be any easier than that and uh, you get a 30 day free trial that's available on xbox roku that's all roku sticks boxes and devices apple tv ios devices android tv mobile devices fire stick all amazon fire sticks and boxes as well as all web browsers uh, it's currently available. It got dropped for all you people on Monday. And we'll be making its way to physical media, a la a Blu-ray release via Arrow, on the, I think it's the 26th of January. It's right at the end of January next year. So let's give you some details about this before we jump into our non-spoiler review. Uh, the tagline for this one, check in at the Sunny Hill Hotel. It's time for sleep. Arrow premieres a stunningly scary horror debut, which Wicked Horror's Joey Keogh said will definitely keep you up at night. Lou Thomas of Sight and Sound said a vital slice of Lynchian dream horror, and Sarah Musnicki from Nightmarish Conjuring said a wild fever dream wrapped in an all-too-real nightmare. On November the 1st, 2021, the essential alternative streaming service Arrow premieres Sleep, a debut feature from Michael Venus, a major new talent in world cinema. Nightmare and trauma, fear and repression, guilt and atonement, weaving together the emotional violence of horror with the cryptic motifs of German folk and fairy tales. Sleep plunges the viewer into a nightmare world in a mysterious hotel in a small village, where secrets are buried deep and horrors await at night intense, erotic, enigmatic and scary as hell. Welcome to the world of sleep. Richly conceived and confidently told by superb performances and nerve-shredding sound design, director and co-writer Michael Venus draws influences from Mario Bava, David Lynch, Franz Kafka and the Brothers Grimm, The Wicker Man and The Shining, but his voice is uniquely his own. As invested in substance and story as is in his style, Venus claws his way down to the roots of what haunts a people, a community, a nation, and comes up screaming. The synopsis for this one. Tormented by recurring nightmares of a place she's never been, Marlene, played by Sandra Howler of Requiem, cannot help but investigate when she discovers the place is real. Once there, she suffers a breakdown and is admitted to a psychiatric ward. Determined to discover what happened to her, Mona, played by Gro Svante Kolhoff, her daughter, follows her and finds her in Steinbach, an ideal, idyllic village with a dark history and secret. What is it that has so tormented her mother and the people of Steinbach? What is the source of the nightmare she suffered? Who is the mysterious Trudy that lives in the forest? Watch Sleep at the Arrow Player and all the places that I told you earlier on. Right, um, as you heard in the interview up the front of this episode, uh, I really enjoyed this one. I thought this was actually surpri- not, I was surprisingly strong always denotes that there's a part of you that feels sceptical and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit sceptical, mostly because of the names that were being assigned to this. You know from listening to me, I hold a huge huge uh, passion and interest for the films of David Lynch and Mario Bava. So when you put them as, you know, comparisons and a synopsis, you're already setting a very high bar for attainment for me as a viewer to see. And I try and not go in too much with that when viewing a movie, but when they're so readily dropped, it's kind of hard not to. 
So I was um, I was a bit dubious checking this one out to see if it actually lived up to the, the comparisons. And it does. This one, I can see the lynching comparisons for sure. For the most part, this movie exists in a plane where the superficial element um, denotes normalcy and almost this kind of false facade where behind the scenes, behind the closed doors, uh, things are far more complicated, dark and sinister. I think those those kind of comparisons work well. Plus some of the, the imagery, I mean, is, is very lynching in the way it's constructed, is dealing with dreams in a lot of respects, which is Lynch's playground. Uh, the Bava comparison certainly is on the old uh, out in the middle of nowhere and, uh, you know, in the one set location. And some of the cinematography as well, not the lighting. I know when people hear the word Bava, they think everything must be lit in purples and, and reds and pinks. And I think that's a, a bad thing to just generally lump at a Bava comparison, the same way that I think that Argento has more substance in the colour palette that he uses as well. Uh, but certainly the cinematography um, has an assuredness about it, which, which evoked um, the, the filmmaking of Mario Bava. This movie itself is a kind of twisted tapestry of of mischief, guilt, uh, grief, um, and at the same time, at its very core, on some level, what it is to be German now. And I found that like surprising because, you know, as you heard, it's an awkward question to ask, and I'm glad that I did ask it. I'm glad that Michael answered it the way that he did. Um, I can't imagine how a country lives with, in the shadow of the events that happened um, in the last 100 years. I, I really, really, really can't quite get my head around how any country would be able to do that. And the, you know, like, the, the fact that he tackles it in the manner he does in this film, not giving anything away, and so, you know, assuredly and, and honestly, I think kind of took me aback i wasn't expecting that this has maybe one of my favorite villains this year i think the the, the landlord um is um is terrifying like the longer you spend with him the more you realize there's something really quite sinister about him and there is a point in the movie where that facade and the mask completely cracks and slips and when it does you're dealing with a completely different entity beyond that point and it, it is terrifying he's terrifying and he would be the high watermark in this movie if Gro wasn't in it. She is an incredible actress. Um, I asked her during this one about the physicality of the performance. This is an intensely physical role that she's performing and she commits herself 100% to it. It's uncomfortable, it's vulnerable and she gets in to the character in a way that you just don't see in a lot of modern horror movies. Um, you see in a lot of A24 horror movies but you don't see generally out with those studios a, a degree of bearing your soul in honesty like like Gro does in this movie. She's 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 incredible. Um, it's it's a movie that continually has you questioning exactly what is going on, whilst at the same time, at its very core, has a very traditional story. I mean, it's a very very it's a very traditional story which expands out to tackle more complex and uncomfortable subject matter and I found myself kind of twisting and weaving as the story unfolded until I kind of got my foot 
cold in the movie and then realised where it was going. And from that point, I wondered how they were going to tie it all up. Uh, the end shot of this one is emotionally climactic in a way where you kind of feel yourself being the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. You've been drawn into the movie. So I thought all that was great. Sim design is absolutely fucking killer on this one. It's twisted. It's weird. There are sections with a score. There are sections where it's just, you know, it's just ambient noise in the background. And when you're drawn into that as well, I found that, like, it's very difficult to take your eyes off the screen when sleep is playing. There isn't a huge amount of dialogue. I know some people out there really don't like subtitled movies. I don't understand why you're like that, and it's not my place to twist you to a more sensible viewing of cinema, but um, it isn't a movie that's predicated on a ton of dialogue, but it does have some, like, visions ripped from a nightmare on screen that are just evenly placed throughout this. I think this is a, a kind of a triumph. Like, it's a, it's a new voice in horror cinema who, like, right from the bat has tackled something challenging, uncomfortable, has wrapped up a ton of different themes that seem to be prescient right now in Germany, but also pays homage to a ton of the, the, the building blocks that makes German cinema so interesting. Um, there was, like, descriptions in there of, you know, Franz Kafka and the Brothers Grimm. Uh, definitely comparisons to The Shining, it's difficult not to. The Wicker Man certainly apt to an extent. But what it comes down to is this movie understands that as human beings, we are all burdened with guilt. And that guilt is either the accumulation of the, the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis or the the kind of almost hereditarized guilt that has passed down to us through generations, um, through through world events, or through bad choices made by you know world leaders, um, or even your family. You can find that if someone in your family does something incredibly shameful, you're burdened by the guilt of that, even though it's not you that's done it. Uh, and this movie understands that as people we can compartmentalise that and, you know, bury it down and put on that facade that everything's okay and live our lives day to day. But ultimately, we can't escape these things in our dreams. And our dreams, our subconscious, have, uh, you know, a, a vibrant playground to, to essentially toy with us in ways which will make us incredibly happy, but also make us confront our most vulnerable fears, um, our most darkest concerns, and um, every ounce of insecurity that we try and hide away. And that's where sleep revels, and that's where it's at its strongest as a movie. I think my only criticism is that I feel there's maybe five minutes of this movie you could chop out, and that is it. And those five minutes are not detrimental at all to the viewing, um, and not something that I would I would mark that down at all. I actually thought, you know, on a, on a rewatch, it's probably going to be slightly more of an issue because I know what the ending is. But uh, during that first watch, I was definitely I was definitely grabbed and, and brought into. So maybe I will be buying on Blu-ray when it comes out in January. I was very glad to get a promotional copy um, from the folks over at uh, Fetch who are doing a, a promotion and press for Arrow. Uh, yeah, this this movie is kind of awesome. I really hope you go and check it out. I'm sorry I couldn't go into any deeper details. Uh, but I think that once you see the movie, you'll understand why I'm so high on it. This is the very epitome of the, what people would call the Duncan movie, and it, it de definitely ticks the brief 
and those and those uh, capacities for me. I thought it was absolutely fucking awesome. I would give this movie 4.5 out of 5. Highly recommend and you should go and check it out. And uh, once again, to remind you, there are plenty of avenues to check this one out. Uh, if you want to see it right now, you have to check it out on that Arrow Player, which is arrow-player.com, uh, which is also available as an app on Xbox, Roku, Apple TV, iOS devices, Android TV, mobile devices, Fire TV, and like I said before, any web browser your little heart desires. And in January, you'll be able to buy it. Uh, and a very nice package. I think it comes with um, a poster and loads of extra features. So go and do that. 4.5 for sleep. I'll be right back to close out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode 379 a review of the brand new title available on the arrow player right now sleep which will be coming its way to blu-ray in january 2021 and is available free for you to watch actually if you sign up to the arrow player right now you get 33 days and it's available in all the places that i mentioned earlier on and also a huge thank you to michael and grow for giving up their time all the way over in Germany to sit down and chat to me about this movie. They were phenomenal guests and I'm very excited to see what that next project is and what they bring to our screen because there's a whole hell of a lot of talent on display here, so much so that I'm kind of rabid to find out what it is. So we'll be keeping an eye peeled for their uh, future works as and when we find out more information. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Whether you're listening to this right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of T-Putts content. Subscribe to our sister feed, the T-Putts Collective, and you get shows like Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and a little bit of Chronicle to boot. The T-Putts Collective has all those shows as well as the entire back catalogue of episodes. Over 100 episodes on that feed alone. So yeah, go across there, subscribe to that one, and subscribe to the podcast under the stairs. Best way to support what I'm doing under these them their stairs. You can, of course, if you're lazy, jump across to our website, tputzcast.com. Links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Jaws is Shite and other regrettable outbursts. The Boozebeast Banter podcast, which is returning this month after a two-month hiatus because, well, I had a kid and Scott had a kid. We didn't have kids together, just in case anyone was wondering. We had them with their respective partners, but it has kept us out of commission for two months. So we're back in November. Jaws's shite and other regrettable outbursts features four drunken Scots. Yes, we are drunk. We talk about some regrettable life choices and decisions, of which we are adding to them daily. We do weird news stories from around the globe, as well as your listener emails. Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts, exclusively available on tputzcast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with me over there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast gets you the podcast under the stairs. The Teaputz Collective is just a page, so it's just simply facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. And if you want to interact with us on the, the, the pit of villainy that is Jaws is shite, you can do that by facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. You can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at TBudsCast. The podcast under the stairs returns tomorrow with a brand new week of podcasting. That's right, 
ain't no stopping me now. We're just going to keep hammering home to the last week before Christmas. And then I'm taking a well-earned two-week break. I can almost taste those pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Because it will be raining because it's Scotland. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.